I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are Spa. 107. FM. Welcome to the final Wiseman Say Show here on Spark. We've been very grateful for the chance to work the live studio, including the time Gareth had music blasting over my introduction and the dead air that was on a couple of minutes last week. Less than it was about no that. fault, though. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, right, okay. Craig, stop fidgeting about that microphone because it's making a noise. Right. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. I have Garum, Gareth Barker. Garum. Garum Barker Garum here. Garum yeah. Uh Roker Reports' Luke Bowley is here as well. He's promised to be hilarious tonight. Did I? Did I promise that? Did, did I? when I seen you, you had a couple of drinks the other night, yeah. Okay, well, I'll try to live up to drunken Luke, but we, we, generally, well, I never do, generally I never do. Well, so. we're short on uh, content, so anytime you want to sort of consciously reach to the back of your mind and find your back catalogue of football humour, you're more than welcome to do That will give you five minutes, we'll give you a platform. Yeah, Luke Footy Bansporley. Yes, that, there you go, he's halfway there already. We should have had some canned laughter, I think, every time uh, you made one of those little jokes. Right, <coughs> Craig Clark's here too. Rick Wiseman's here, regular, of course. Back from a road trip in America, Craig. Not jealous of that at all. Um, did you mention Josie Altador to confuse locals after a drink? Yeah, uh, the only person who seemed to know who he was was an Australian, oh, so who that. also knew who Sunderland were. Right. Everyone else just so nobody. A bit nobody bemused. else. Did you like go to people and say, "Hey, Mara, do you know Josie Altador?" <laughs> Um, I hope not. <laughs> no, really, really hope I bet not. You I wish did. I had though. No. I bet you did. I wish. Drunk and talk. You went all the way there and you didn't do that. I know. No. What I a wasted journey. I would. I would have even made it out the airports, me, before I started. Um, before I started saying that. Right. Okay. I'm going to dive straight in with transfers. Um, want to know how relaxed or unrelaxed people are? If we can imagine. If we can unrelaxed, not relaxed. Whatever. If there's a massive panic button, has anybody pressed it yet? Or has anybody slammed a sort of crying face into it? Or is the finger hovering over it or what, Craig? I think it's uh, everything's gone as, as expected. I think at the end of last season, um, if you had, if you thought it through, this this was a, a, the logical conclusion to last summer's, dis- in my opinion, not, well, not disastrous transfer window, but very poor one. Yeah, a lot of these players that came in might not have cost anything in fees, but they do cost something in wages and nobody wants them. So you lumbered with the situation we had with Bruce's last window where you had a bunch of players nobody wanted to buy off you, so you stuck with them. And clearly we can't do deals, or it seems to me anyway, we can't do deals because we need to move people out first. For example, Alonso, we clearly want to move Diakiti in the opposite direction. And until unless we're able to do that, we simply won't sign him. Mm, I mean, 
in that respect, Luke, Congerton's hands are tied, aren't they? I can't believe he doesn't know what he's doing. Some people are jumping to that conclusion, but he can only make an offer to a player when the club tells him. He can only offer how much to that player the club tells him. So some would argue he's employed to make things happen regarding, uh, regardless of that. Uh, you could argue that, but I think that would be harsh on Congerton's job because, look, if if he goes in there and, you know, splurges a, a, a lot of money on average players or does what Defanti did and signs a lot of players, in a few months' time, people are going to be saying that he failed, had a fail, a, another, you know, failed transfer window and he'll be out the job by, you know, February, March again. So, I mean, I'm happy that he's, con- that he's taken sort of... Uh, that he's considering the transfer window a bit more and sort of taking the the time to make sure we get the right player for the right money. Um, but it is getting to the stage now, I think, where we need to start bringing in players just so they have time to sort of fit in the Poirier system, time to gel for the start of the new season. Because, I mean, as we've seen uh, last season, signing too many players too quickly and not having that many games to do it. Uh, and the start ended up with a bit of a disastrous start. Mm. I think everyone can get on board with that. Uh, I mean, Craig's just said it there. Luke's just said it that we we need to sign the right players, Gareth, and it's important that he gets it right. That's going to take time, more time than probably people realise. However, you can't help think that Gus commenting on the situation as he has done doesn't help matters because that's sort of that's helped. You know, that's aided in the aided in the panic, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, and and there's a number of like facets of that situation. When he when he says something like that, if you if you're a selling club. And Sunderland come come and approach you, you know. You, there's quotes now saying he wants four players in seven days. So it's like, well, how much do you want those players in seven days? Because uh, now the price is. There's a plane under the hands of the selling yeah. club and the agent yeah, saying that. Yeah, it's not surely. six million pounds anymore to nine million pounds. Yeah, do you still want exactly. Him? And that's, you know, so it's a bit foolish. I, I think like sometimes Gus, you know, I really like him as a manager, but sometimes some of the things he says, I just think you probably should have left that. He, he's obviously passionate and. He gets frustrated, um, and the fans identify with with the frustration because you know they want those players in as well like he does. But um, you know, there's, there's better ways to go about it. And sort of it, then it also casts like doubts over like Congerton's ability, and, and people read between the lines. And you know, it's a lot of pressure on him. It's you know a big job after Defanti sort of was a relative failure, I guess um, some would argue. Um, so the People are always sort of yet to be convinced of the director of football model. So when you replace him with somebody else and he comes in and nothing's happening as opposed to everything last time, um, I think but people sort yeah. of start to get a bit twitchy. Uh, it's interesting you, you mentioned Poyet there um, about sometimes speaking maybe without engaging his brain correctly. Craig, the only reservation I have about the manager, and you know, generally I'm, I'm, I'm very much behind Poyet. I think he's the right guy for us. I've always said that. Um, so this is just a slight reservation. He does seem to say some odd things when when things aren't going well. Um, he didn't go all to Canio last year when it looked like we were going down, but he started speaking out against the culture inside the club. And and as Gareth says now, he started to start to mention how you know he's frustrated that the players not coming in. He's 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 name checked Lee Congerton a couple of times as if to say you know everybody should be looking at him, and it isn't helpful, is it? It does smack a bit of passing the buck. Yeah. Um, Is there a power struggle there, do you think? I'm not sure about a power struggle. Well, certainly not yet anyway. Maybe that's something for down the line. And when I say pass the buck, I don't mean he's, he's shirking responsibility exactly, but he's he, he, he sort of given himself 
bit of breathing space, a bit of a buffer. So if things do go wrong, he's got you know he can fall back on the fact that I don't know, it wasn't me. You know, I think Dicanio did a little bit of it as well, and it. I mean, I don't think he's planning an exit strategy or anything. But if it comes to that, is his reputation going to be tarnished? Probably not. Does this help his reputation remain intact? I would say yes. He, he probably does think ahead. He's an ambitious man. It might, it might be tarnished in the extent where, it, to the extent where he he's seen as somebody who can't work within a within a system. Though if somebody is an employer looking in to a situation where they've seen somebody who's blamed somebody else. Uh, for, for a failure, then maybe they'll look at that and say, well, you can't work at our club because we, we don't want that type of character as the, as the head coach or manager. Or you look at Sunderland specifically and you see a club that's been kind of drifting between different ideas and different systems for some time now and think, right, like Gus has been asked to operate in it and it hasn't worked out and maybe it's the club to blame. I don't think there's going to be a shortage of clubs willing to give him a go. He's I think he's done more than enough to show that he can manage in the Premier League now. I know what you're saying. I'm not. I don't entirely disagree no. with you. I think he's playing a like a risky game, but it is. If there's any concern, and it's probably a slight one at this stage because we we haven't very, even kicked oh, yeah, off yeah. the season yet. It's, there's it's, no failure yet. It's very slight, but I think when something like this happens, it yeah. just sort of reminds you because yeah. I mean, Things we, we, we well, finish yeah. the season winning every week, so you kind of forget, don't you, straight away. But when something like this happens, it just resurfaces a little bit, and I think like. Luke, I don't know what you think, but I mean, I just remember some games where, you know, we were losing uh, West Ham, then we went to Spurs and got hammered, and his body language was sort of very defeatist and very defensive, and he, he didn't look like he wanted to be there, did he? And and it's, you know, that's a worry, because if we start off a season slowly, again, I don't want to come across too negative and, and you know, sort of preempt what might happen, but these are little these are little things that just rear the head every now and again. Yeah, I, rem- I mean, I remember during that awful period we had post uh, uh, the cup final, where he reminded me a little bit of O'Neill in the sense that he's, he just he didn't seem quite there in the job and there, there wasn't sure if maybe there was, with Congdon coming in, there was some backroom struggle there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the last few weeks of the season sort of erased that slightly. Um, uh, also, you know, um, he has terrifying eyes, because Poyard, and I think <laughs> any sort of, uh, any sort of, you know, it, it's so easy to sort of come across negative when you just stare at the camera and... <laughs> you're giving these sort of opinions on how things aren't going well at the club. It's easy to be a little bit uh, mm. downtrodden and scared. And of course, he's going to dig deep and start, you know, Sean. He's still going to start Sean. He's sort of disillusioned at the, the situation like fans are, I think, as well. Um, do you want to mention the, the team? team yeah, okay, Because yeah, we're, we're going to come back and talk about this, but I'll mention the team because yeah. it is out night, the team for tonight. Pantilli, Mullen, Gold, Jones, right back, Van Arnold, left back. O'Shea and Brown centre-half. Catamol, Gomez, Jaggerini in possibly a midfield three, I'm not sure. Johnson, Fletcher, Wickham. So the it's either a 4-4-2 four, four, two two or, or, or Fletcher's playing in the front three, yeah. What, what, I think it's interesting that, you know, I think it was a bit of a meltdown about them playing young players, but obviously he's not now, so what is that meltdown over now? Can people relax? Well, that's interesting because... If, if, yeah, if, if if he was if he was planning on playing, well, that's what I mean. If I'm he was sort of taking, I'm being facetious, mm, you know. You, it's like, thanks for for like. Well, you look at it, it's a bit puzzled, <laughs> Gareth. It's hard to read your face. It's like it's very very it's blank. Nothing, yeah, you know, he's giving me nothing here. Yeah, it matches his voice. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about visual cues on radio, right? Um, Apologies. It, it's an interesting thing, though. You just mentioned that, Craig, though, about the youngsters, because you know it mustn't have always been the plan to do this because he, he sort of brought them over last minute played them all last night 
and then he's played a strong team a day. Now, if, if he was planning on doing that from the start, he would have took the kids over straight away. So, as he just again, people love jumping to uh, to conspiracy theories, don't they? Um, jumping to conclusions, coming up with conspiracy theories, but. He could have quite possibly just said, you know what, I think I've, I've changed my mind here. I'll bring the kids over for the first game. We don't know, do well, we? Well, if you're playing two and two nights, you, kind of, you need to mix it up, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but, so. but the point is, he didn't take the kids over initially. So people are jumping can to have, conclusions. People can change they? them. I, I suppose it wasn't helped by those comments as well about the, I want four in in seven days. It all, you know, adds up, doesn't it? It doesn't look great. But I don't know. I mean, is there anything that well, thanks, I wouldn't read too your, much? Thanks for your help in this. No, we're, we're reading. We're, I think people are just reading far too much into a pre-season friendly. That's what pre-seasons all about. There's nothing else to talk about. There's no performance. I know, but it, there's reading on. stuff into, into a pre-season friendly, and there's having a meltdown and ripping your hair out, and it's I just think, like, I think people just need to calm down a to bit. Be, yeah. To be fair, I think I think I don't think it's worth. You know, there's there's. I would say there's there's stages, isn't there? And you know, there's a, if you haven't got anybody in towards the end of the window, I think. You people are, are right to panic, like you say. Um, I think it's just like we say, com- comments are poets made in in cer- at certain points create like little sort of like mini chunks of the window, and it's like you've got a deadline there before th- where, where those comments are relevant. Before it's sort of you get to a bit of a hysteria, like you say, and people get sort of overexcited about it all, either negatively or positively, and then then you've got a sort of Gus comes out and he's making comments like he did you know he wasn't planning he, he made comments about not planning um, he'd have to change his plans in Portugal if they don't get players in and then they don't get players in and then the day before the game he flies out a load of players who didn't weren't on the plane in the first place and they start the first game of pre-season and I think I know what you're saying about reading between the lines and stuff like that but and there's comments after the game all at together and I, d- I don't think the, I don't I think the lines are quite uh, wide to re- to read between. I, I'd say I I I'm just speculating here, but um, I think it's pretty clear that there is a a, a terrible power struggle going on behind <laughs> the scenes, that is ripping apart the foundations <laughs> of the club. The stadium I light in six months' time will just be ruined, and the only <laughs> remnant that Sunderland AFC ever existed will be that beach house restaurant. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, it's the higher hyperbole yeah. I think you get. It. It's just a, it's pre-season. It's, it's how things are now with the transfer window. I think we're always going to see people overreact a little bit to mm. how things have gone on. Has anybody been in the beach house yet? No. Apparently they sell out, uh, out of date Pepsi. Uh, really? No. From the allegedly. 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 Yeah. Always. Always. Got to throw allegedly. Apparently, in surely that's uh, good enough. Um, I'm sure mm, that allegedly the, covers um, you. All right. Covers you sufficiently. Sorry, I'm sure that radio um, show, not Luke's. the quality of product in the beach house um, is. Up to up to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> you tweeted something about that the other day, didn't you, Luke? What was it again about uh, being empty and going out of business and yeah, sort of I similar? Like, it, if, no, no, that, it was a different one. It was a different <laughs> joke, but it was the same ballpark. Yeah, okay. Uh, Do that about to going out of business and symbolising that. Yeah, of, like the idea of if we got relegated, that an app went out of business due to the lack of cash flow, like that would just stay there, dilapidated on the yeah. seafront, and that would be sort of mm. a. Uh, metaphor for all our broken dreams. Yeah. It would be yeah. ta- Bob Murray's taps. It'd be like the, the, <laughs> beach, the beach house. That, that was Ellis Short's dream. You can imagine. <laughs> you can, ima- you can imagine the report now, can't you? Yeah. They used to sell dreams here. Yeah. <laughs> along those lines. And out of the Pepsi, allegedly. Just Seb Larson just working in the working in the As kitchen. As a waiter, yeah. 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 He Seb once had a career in football. Yeah, right. that would be one of those videos, just just two pounds a month, <laughs> and pay the Premier League players' wages. Who's now working in the restaurant? 
We're Valentin Wilberge. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. Dee Keating might be in there yeah. now. <laughs> forming a forming a, a waiting partnership where they just drop everything. Cabral just couldn't be bothered. Mm. Yeah. Didn't yeah. bother. But he, he made a good start to his waiting glass collector, wouldn't he? He made a good start to his waiting career, though. He got everything yeah. in on time, sort of no spillages. <laughs> all went wrong from there. Yeah. Downhill from there. Uh, well, there's, that's appropriate, I think, given that section of the programme. Mm. Okay, well, we're going to come back and talk about <laughs> more about the team he's picked tonight and stuff like that, because I want to know what people think about the the squad and, and stuff. We're going to build on that. We're going to hear from Nigel Card now, though. Nigel's a West Ham fan. He's one of the, the good guests we get on the podcast. Um, every week, if you've been listening, we go and talk to a couple of Premier League fans from Premier League sides, only one this week, and just ask them about what's going on in their pre-season really see if anybody can make us feel a little bit better about the situation here uh, in the case of West Ham there might be an argument for that i just say that um, I'm going to press a button now and because uh, we, we had to load in that really late that bit I'm hoping Nigel comes out it could be who's better Messi or Ronaldo so be prepared Stephen well you're, you're up this week for that aren't you? I asked uh, you I anyway got, I haven't got one right, we'll, okay. we'll be really in trouble then if that comes are you up. ready here we go Okay, Nigel, right, from the outside looking in at West Ham at the moment, it's a bit interesting. It sort of follows on from our chat with you on the podcast last season where, let's just say the fans aren't best pleased, I think, with um, the the methodologies of of Sam Allardyce. Now, what it seems like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, the board have listened to the fans and want a change, but not to the, the, the degree where they would be happy to relieve Allardyce of his duties just yet. He's brought in an attacking coach, but pre-season doesn't look, look to be going too well in that Allardyce is already referring back to this and using them as an excuse yeah I think you, you're not wrong there um, the, 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 the fans we know did we had a vote uh, across all internet channels and the social media channels loads of sites come together 78% said to go that was sent to the board the board looked at it made their own decisions obviously for them they they gave Sam criteria and he met that criteria uh, I think it's evident that one member of the board wanted him to go um, he was obviously convinced not to go along with it and now we get this what seems attempt to um, push him out in a, in a way Why do you think that they didn't make that collective decision to get rid of him because, do you think it's because you know, in fairness, if you think about things, you know, very much inside the box, he's, he's, he's stabilised West Ham to a mid-table Premier League club, which is, I guess, what an owner would look for in a manager. Um, I, yeah, I mean, from an owner's point of view, um, it's all about the, the income levels, isn't it? If you're going to progress a club, you've got to be in the Premier League. The, the way to progress a club, to get money, you need to be in the Premier League from an owner's point of view then you get from some supporters point of view like me who I would go no matter what West Ham were playing who they were playing or what league they were in I want to see football played and it's trying to tally the two together obviously the owners I think have got three million reasons why they didn't sack him and they're all to do with the amount of money in compensation they would have to pay him they set aside so much money as a budget to buy players. I suppose they think three million out of that is is not a price worth paying. He's got one year left on his contract, running down, shake his hand, say thank you very much. 
Mm, I didn't realise you only had one year left. That sort of makes sense, I guess. Um, people always say results in pre-season are irrelevant. They don't really matter. I think in the case of West Ham, they do matter because this is all resurfaced again because you aren't winning games. Yeah, I mean, I don't. For me, pre-season, the, the, the results don't matter. It's about getting the, the players fit. Um, my bugbear is you don't take them halfway around the world for a week, play two games and fly them all the way back again if you're trying to get them fit. Um, so results, no, shouldn't really matter. But obviously the owners are looking at it. With social media the way it is now, every result is dissected by everyone and they just see you know, the result and then the fans are back on the attack. Oh, Allardyce this, Allardyce that. And then he'd come out and... <laughs> had to go back or defended himself you could say in the fact that well, he's trying to give the owners what they want uh, which was the demands placed on him after the, after they didn't sack him that he's got to play more attacking football and you know that has to be evolved he's not wrong there you, you can't just take this group of players and suddenly go well we're a defensive unit now we're going to attack it needs to be worked on in pre-season and as much as I dislike Allardyce and would jump with joy he left the club I wouldn't want to see him pushed out on the back of pre-season mm. results. Um, do you think he lasts the season? I know you've just said there. You think you know essentially probably last the season. He's got a year left of his contract. This isn't the best way to approach a season, or do you honestly think he's going to go that far? Uh, I've always been. I'd be very surprised if he gets that far. I, I, it, it, I mean, generally, what will happen is they'll probably look say, "Oh well, we'll look at the first ten games." maybe they'll crunch that down to the first five depending on, on the reception of the crowd isn't it? On, you know, we've got Tottenham first game I think if he wins that he's definitely going to get 10 games mm-hmm. if he loses that then we're away to Palace uh, who did the double over us last season uh, and lose there you know, he might not even make five games I don't like to speculate at all regarding sort of transfers and managerial changes and stuff but just as a a quick afterthought, do you think Teddy Sheringham is in the right place at the right time for the, for the manager's job if it comes up? Well, uh, from what I, I know, or from what I understand, I don't even think he's got coaching badges yet. So I'm sure that you have to have your coaching badges if you're going to be a manager. And there's ways uh, around it, I think, strange, yeah. Yeah, it's a strange appointment. He's, you know, he's been playing poker for the past four <laughs> years. Uh, I, I, you know, apparently he was at, he was at um, Millwall when Sam played for Millwall. Um, so, because it was a bit of a strange connection and a strange appointment, I don't get how it works. I've heard it's only part time as well. Whether that's because he ain't got the white badges to get round that, I'm not sure. Can you tell us a little bit about the players you've brought in? Who's gone out? How how the sh- squad shaping up for the season? Um, if you look at the signings we've made, I, I think they're, they're quite decent as, as squad fillers. They're all gambles in a way that none of them have played Premier League football. But if if you look, Enna um, Valencia had quite a good World Cup, stood out, um, scored three goals. Seems like a good signing. I'm not sure about the money we paid, whether it was 12 million or that's you know 12 million if we win the league. But I think it was a bit less than 12 million. Uh, Zarati. Um, played for Birmingham on loan when Golden Sullivan were there um, I would imagine that that was a David Sullivan signing top scorer in Argentina I watched a YouTube video of him when we signed him and my first thought was some of the defending was, was poor 
Um, but he still put the ball in the net. And so at least he knows where the goal is. Mm. We we had a we so, had a play we had a player here um called Scotco who looked great on YouTube scoring goals um, over that part of the world and he's he's just left making very minimal impact. But I'm I'm interested to see how Zerali plays actually because he we've been linked with him for the last sort of three or four transfer windows as well, I think. So can we just quickly finish on where you think honestly, realistically, West Ham are gonna finish this season? how can you see it panning out? Oh, well, for, for me, there's, there's, there's 12 teams that have a chance of being relegated. Outside the top eight, anyone's one season away from going down. So, I mean, I don't go with the owners being top ten. I'd imagine where we finished, like, uh, between 15 and 11. That's where I imagine West Ham finishing. And you, you'd be happy with that? You wouldn't mind a good cup run or something? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny, we had a bad season last season. We'll forget we did get the semi-final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just we we didn't show up for ours, unlike you boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so um, yeah, I mean that's all all I ask for. Good cup run, half decent league season, beat Tottenham. Can't get better. Okay, that. I want to talk about <laughs> the. Um... <laughs> what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? Tell our listeners what you're laughing. No, don't. Okay, uh, I want to talk about the the side he's picked. Larson isn't playing, so imagining he's injured. Um, you're imagining it. <laughs> Vivid imagination. I'm, ass- I'm, assume, I'm assuming, I'm presuming. It, how did it happen in your mind? Groin injury. He took a knock. <laughs> Somebody will say that's what you read somewhere. Took a knock. Jellyfish. In yeah. training, took a knock. Man of war. Or he could be off. Imagine the meltdown. Imagine the meltdown if he goes. What? Imagine that. Imagine, he could be off. Imagine the meltdown then. It wouldn't be a meltdown because we'd be getting a fake. People would probably be quite happy about it. Mm. That would be. Right. Barini deal hinges on last and exit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if we Barini use Larson swap deal, <laughs> yeah, nice easy transaction that. <laughs> we use Three the um, starting eleven as as a basis for the side next season. What we assume the side might be, right? Okay, now I think, how do you think that team looks superficially, Craig? Because on the surface, it's 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 not bad, is it? It's just that it needs you, would, you wouldn't have it in the Premier League. No, no, no but um, you have Larson's to come in, and and you know you imagine one more attacking player. Well, you would imagine Vidcut would be more likely to play ahead than Larson, surely. Do you think so? Well, yeah. you think Catamol and Brid could have been the same side? Yeah. Do you? Base of the midfield. If, in fact, I'll, go, I'll with, be interested to go around and see what that, about that. With that team, I would say if it was a Premier League game, I'd have Bridcut and Catamol and then the other four attacking, rather than Gomez as well, who well, I don't really know a lot about him. I suppose I haven't seen him play regularly, but supposedly a bit more of an attacking threat. I mean, you know, you're leaving one player to protect with five in front. Two fullbacks who are supposedly fairly comfortable on the ball. That's quite an open system. I think you, you, there's nothing wrong with having Bridcut in there as well. Somebody I don't think there's anything wrong. I'm just, uh, I, I've always sort of had it in my head the assumption that one of those two would play with with Larson and 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 um, Gomez ahead of him, just based on the way he finished last season, because because he had a lot, he had cut them all playing with Colback and Larson ahead. Um, but Craig's like, pulling the face of that. I think the thing is, Larson ended the season terrifically last year, but we know how he tends to be. Is he tends to be very inconsistent, uh, very good in games where he's off the ball but not great on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like that Larson will return to to what we know. I don't know if I'm just kidding my kidding season. myself for the year because I was just always hoping that the sort of something's finally clicked with Larson and he understands it and he's gonna, we're going to see this from him week in week out. We probably aren't. What I would say about Larson is that there's periods where he has more 
So he has spells of game where he has more impact, like obvious impact on games. But I would say that he consistently does a good job um, off the ball and uh, defensively and filling in stuff like that. I would say that he's quite reliable. I don't dislike him. I, I, I don't know. Just I was happy he stayed. Um, Canny lad. I just you know, <laughs> seems like a lovely bloke. <laughs> just wouldn't necessarily. I'd be very disappointed if. And I know there's still transfer window to go. But if I was starting midfield, it was Catamore, Larson, and Gomez. I don't know about you, but I. I said straight as soon as the season finished, we know we need a centre midfielder desperately. Uh, I know Gomez came in, but we we have done for ages. I'm just saying, you know, just wondering what people think then with the midfielders we have there, Gareth. Would you, which which three would you select then, if if it is three, in fact? That we that are better there now, yeah. Well, Chuck and dying, obviously. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, um, probably I probably would with the players that we've got. It would probably be Catamore. Larson and, and Gomez <laughs> and uh, probably Craig looks like he's but that, that that's um, what they've got well Gomez might be sort of better than I'm giving him credit for but I think you were saying it last week it's one of those players that you bring in and you think uh, like last season we thought those sort of free signings were going to be a good basis and then we'd go on and build on that with some sort of spending and on good players and it didn't really work out like that whereas you know if, if I just can't imagine that we thought going into the season that would be yeah Gomez that's it that's the midfield that's it solved no. it's just it can't no. be There's, whether but if this team he selected tonight if you took Gomez out and you could have it's almost like 4-2-2-2 two, 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 or 4-2-4 four, four, depending on how you mm. push the wide men up I mean and, and formations don't have to be symmetrical it's about movement isn't it you can have Jackarini floating in from the left maybe he's Wickham going out wide, stretching defences. It, it looks okay, but it looks open. I think, um, I mean, the options you've got in centre midfield, what other? So you got Brigcut, Larson, um, uh, Gomez, and Die. I mean, Cabral's not there, so he doesn't come into it. Um, Cut them all, obviously. Cut them all. Um, so, I mean, they're your options. You're picking three. I mean, would there be an argument to say out of that group of five, if you like, you're talking about adding a bit of solidity to the centre? To give the attacking players a bit more freedom, if you had Bridcut, Catamol, and Die, something like that, where you've got players who would, you've got two players who will drive the ball, as well as one that will sit in in Bridcut. I don't think you can have three players like Daniel mm. who could no, play I'm just, that I'm deep just, well, I was just saying. I mean, who would you play? In? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In front of Bridcut and Catamore and yours, did you say? Sorry, I'm... Well, it was basing it on the team you selected yeah. tonight. You'd have Wiggum and Fletcher up front and Chatterini and Johnson wide. Really? You just wouldn't. So it'd be like that doesn't, that isn't a three-man midfield that he's selected. In my opinion. No, but if we just so go on to like next season, if, if he's got the score, maybe he's, he's got saying I'm willing to be flexible. If I'm left with these players, this is something I'm going to think about doing. On alternatively, maybe he's classing Gomez and Jacarini both as midfield players, and you're playing some sort of four-one-two-three or something like that. But that's I mean, you're not going to get away with that in a lot of Premier League games, are you? Both in which case, well. you'd go with I'd probably play Catamull, Bridcut, and. I don't know, maybe Jack Arini at the at the apex of the we midfield. We did that at Liverpool, didn't we? In that um, three-five-two, yeah. and uh, Jack Arini was. But really that's bad, against a very good side. It is, yeah. But if you want, he didn't really impose himself. I'm not well, criticizing Jack Arini. Right, I'm just saying you know, that. another another pre-season working on yeah. different things with Poyet. I'm just hoping we we'll sign someone who's a, like a proper midfielder who can create stuff. I mean, like what that's what I'm pinning my hopes and they are, and we aren't being linked with those at the moment, are we? Sort it's of like that, that. You know, everybody's sort of getting the, the knickers in a twist about about Barini and then about Christian Rodriguez and and all these signings, and you never really hear of any centre midfielders at all, do you? No. And that to me was possibly the most important position. Uh, I, I think feel. definitely, like it's a position that we've needed to fill since you know football manager invented creative midfielders, <laughs> and the fact that like we. I can't think of the last player who would would sort of create those chances because you know in the Peter Reid days it was the wingers that would create a lot. Of well, we discussed chances. this on the live pod, didn't we? And I think a lot of people sort of suggested Alex Ray might have been the last <laughs> the last person. Hutchison was very good, but as he played out well, wide, like as a narrow wide player, didn't he? he? Used to drift inside, didn't mm-hmm. he, from yeah. from the wing? And it's, we're getting desperate if we're going this far back now. Well, I guess you know Schwartz was he was he's never one and played in from the left, didn't he? Him on the left mm. because you know you. You know your best central midfielder, Swedish international, wealth of European experience. Get him on the left wing. <laughs> we were trying to sort of remain controlled, and we didn't want to. You know, we were trying to like um, be reasoned and not panic here. Uh, Craig, do you think it, if you just got the squad as it is now and you can put a starting eleven out, would you be very worried with that? Yeah. That, that that team's got relegation battle written all over it, hasn't it? Battle or relegated? Uh, you kind of say they're going to go down at this stage, but it would be a tough season, I think. Even with him in charge, I think that would be reminds me, It reminds you of um, Wigan's side, doesn't it? I always used to say the Wigan... I was always Wigan are going to pass and move the way down to the championship because what I meant by that was they played in a certain way and it worked and Martinez is a good manager. He proved that at Everton. I just think that the squad was a little thin at Wigan that if you're going to try and play that style of football and you, you know you're starting if you don't have a bigger squad and other players come in you're going to get exposed and Sunderland are in that kind of ballpark do you think, think it's similar uh, I, well in a sense yeah but on the other hand I, I don't think uh, when Wigan were in the Premier League the league was quite as bad as it is now I think there's so many teams around us who you'd expect to be in a relegation battle that look like they're heading towards a complete disaster 
you look at Aston Villa, West Brom, uh, some of the, a couple of those newly promoted teams, there's going to be a lot of competition down there. And I think if we do just bring in a cup, two or three players and strengthen the positions we need to, which there's plenty of time to, I think we'll be comfortable mid-table. I, I'm not worried about relegation just yet. Um, even with that squad, I think we'd put up a good fight. I wish people could see Craig's face. Every time somebody says, you mentions a possible team or that we'll be comfortable mid-table. Well, if I thought that you were reason, Craig. You look like you're beside yourself with worry at the I'm moment. I'm not worried. It's just like... I, I just don't see much reason to be massively not inspired optimistic. by I mean, it. Even if you if you go out and spend all that money on Barini, what does it leave left? I mean, we need op- a midfielder. We, we need, need a centre half. Does does the midfield maybe we'll start getting linked with players when we actually shift some of the dross midfielders that we've got left, like Cabral, <laughs> sorry, and Die. I know he's not dross, but they want rid of him. Yeah. What, you know, get them off the wage bill. Will we start getting linked with some midfielders then? Perhaps we certainly need one. I mean. As far as I'm concerned, we're no further forward until we solve the midfield. And that puts huge emphasis on the first game, then, doesn't it? Again, already well, they, the third, like last year was the same. As well, so. yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So you know, you could say that you need to get start getting points straight away from teams like this. You know what? What if <coughs> we saw he sell the system, which involves um, Barini, say, um, if he signs, um, similar to the way they played. Um, uh, Crystal Palace in the cup at home. Uh, Crystal Palace, sorry, Southampton in the cup at home uh, last season when um, sort of Gardner was on the cup balls. game. Yeah, like yeah. Gardner played like a and Scott Gold played and and, and Barini. Barini, yeah. uh, Scott Gold played either side, and th- that was quite a fluid system. Um, but well, if you two had two of those players have gone, no, but I'm talking. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. You come back a curmudgeon, Craig. I'm just tired. Craig's man. came in like a, a spanner and he's just like thrown just, it into I'm our work. Like, thrown himself know. into our works. What's so well, there is finished though. I was saying if you if you you could play Barini maybe in that advanced midfield, like if you only had Brick Cut and Catamore deep, you could play Barini in like that floating role that Gardner played almost as that false nine with the two forwards if you wanted to play two forwards, which he's shown tonight. So what maybe what Johnson? Who else would he play? In I don't. That, do you I, think? I guess I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm just interested to, I'm in who you would to, think. I'm just trying to think. We did the problem. I just don't think we've necessarily got the type of player to play like that. Maybe not. Now, I mean, Gardner was pretty rubbish, but like, I suppose that he could shoot. Like, if you put Barini in that position, you're taking him out of one of the two positions that you were talking about. Scott mm. goes gone, so that's. Like yeah. Johnson, one of them. Johnson, Wickham, the other one, one maybe. Wickham, the other. Maybe even Gomez. I mean, I, I don't know a lot about him, but he did. Uh, it seems like he played a, a bit further forward at Wigan than a lot of people. Because in my head, I'm just picturing him as some kind of Seb Larson figure. Which <laughs> is, you know, that's it's just another. Is that, so, is that just because you like thinking about Seb Larson? <laughs> that's partly it. Yeah, as many Seb. If if I could, I'd feel a team of eleven Seb Larsons. But uh, um, uh, yeah. Can't field one tonight. No, no, <laughs> that's true. Um, you know, it's a nightmare. But uh, <laughs> if, if but Gomez, it, it does seem like he plays a bit further forward, maybe. I mean, he scored a lot of goals for Wigan last season, admittedly in the Championship, but... Set pieces as well. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, Poyet referred to him as a number 10 when he signed him. Yeah, well, but Poyet might be mad. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> And you thought I was curmudgeonly. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, I'm not. I, you know, I, I've got my fear firmly in point. I think he's done a terrific job so far. But I'm also not discrediting the possibility that he's uh, 
that he's that he's a, a bit um, insane. But uh, he's got uh, I think he's got um, eccentric qualities. That's yeah. How, uh, that's uh, the uh, joking aside, he'd be, I mean, even some of his when he went a bit technically bizarre towards the end of last season before he picked it up and turned it round. I mean, you know, he's he, in some of his press conferences, like we've discussed, he's he's definitely got an, an element of the zany about him. <laughs> yeah. Three five, three, five two that, wasn't that bizarre. It was. It was a disaster, Gareth. It I think was shocking. It, was like, a disaster. it nearly took us down, to be fair. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Let's argue it about that again. Work. It can work, yeah. but it just didn't for it us. Didn't for us, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. You, oh, you agree now? No, I'd, I'd, I'd say it didn't. I would, I would agree that it didn't work for us, but I, I didn't. I didn't think it was. A, a in my, in my head, idea. you were defending the, the, no, the well, formation against West Ham when head, when Carroll played <laughs> and they played one up front. And we no, I did defend that. That was uh, I understood the logic behind that one, but I know that you made a an argu- a relevant argument, mm-hmm. a relevant counter argument, which was you know that they didn't re need that extra centre back because of that. But I could understand the logic. In, on, from an attacking perspective, do we think that's an option he could use? It seems to become a back end of fashion, doesn't it? The three centre halves. Yeah. Van Hall, isn't it? So that's mm, the, the, the genius. Yeah. You're fond of that though, Gareth. Anyway, aren't you? The, well, the Christmas tree formation. Yeah, yeah I'm a big, like, I'm a big fan of the Christmas. Pick us a team out the out the squad we have now that go what? play the. Have we got enough centre backs? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got. I don't think we have. Gareth's a fan of Gary Mitchell. Gareth's aren't you? You quite like Rupert. You think he's all right? Okay. You could play and die centre back. No, you could play. You could play Bridcut in the Medell role for like as you did for Chile. Yeah. Just get your little man at the back. Liam yeah. Bridcut, the Scottish Medell. Scottish Medell, the English Scottish sort of. No, he's Scottish, isn't he? He's English, but he he plays for Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. Oh, he's right, Scottish, yeah. I think. Medell's yeah. the pit bull. What's Bridcut? That's the question. Chihuahua. <laughs> Bit harsh. I, don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen enough of. I haven't seen enough of them to uh, commit to a, um, a breed of dog. Comparing them. <laughs> <laughs> Big season for him though, all joking aside, Craig. Um, a lot of people like to use the, the second season thing. It gets used as second season syndrome when a club come up, maybe outperform themselves and then struggle a second season. And also with players when they come up and struggle a first season. Jack Arini and Bridcut, two players who think it's an important pre-season for them because if, we, if we're if slow on bringing transfers in, some of these guys are going to have to step up. Well, Bridcut, we, we, you know, we paid money for them both as well. Well, it's interesting as well that um, <clears throat> sort of people... I mean, I'm saying people, you know, you see people on the internet and stuff, sort of, oh, this Rodriguez deal, people should they should give Poyet what he wants. Well, the club gave him Scott Lowe, that didn't work out. They gave him Bridcut, and I personally think he looked decent at times, there's potential there. Against Newcastle away, certainly, yeah, on his debut, a, yeah. But you and I both had reservations yeah. towards the end of the season, yeah. and other people have had that as well. And it's a bit it's sort of I agree with bit, you, yeah, it? I think there's a, it is a... You know, it's a big summer for him mm-hmm. in terms of will he start the first game? If he does, it, you know, is it is it going to be at the expense of Catamol, who's hugely popular amongst the supporters? He seems like a big dressing room character as well. Will they play together away at West Brom? Is that is that too negative? Where does it? In like you say, we've spent money on him. So if by spending money on him and his wages, that means we're not able to get the type of midfielder that we're both desperate to see sign. Was that a bad transfer as well? Is it too early to say that? I think. Do you think possibly there was, there was an element, Gareth, that, an element of surprise in in Catamol's sort of sudden, you know, we embraced that position almost because uh, he struggled at first, and Poyet obviously earmarked Bridcut quite early for it, and then Catamol's sort of flourished, hasn't he? And mm-hmm. it's it is one of those things like Craig's just pointing out in hindsight. Now Gus might be thinking, I wish I'd sort of set that money aside for something else. Um. 
Or could That's cut them all because of his performances push up into the one ahead of the, well, kind the of deep line midfield. He did a couple of times, I think, um, when he played. He played with Bridcut, and uh, was it against? It was against West Ham, wasn't it? And he played a bit more advanced. I think he had a good chance to score. But the thing about Catamore, I think you, you can, if you give him a job to do, he'll he'll do his utmost to 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 complete the task. I mean, that he's been given, you know. He, that's what's great about him, and I think you think he's excellent. It's it's a massive season for Catamore because you know he's had injury problems, and then he was out of fear the start of last season. He did come into it absolutely outstanding in the in the cup final. Um, Manchester United away in the League Cup semi final, unbelievable performance, um, and he's he's built on those performances as the season sort of ended. Um, was a key player, even though he did make some errors. And now this season, if he's fit and fighting at the start, he's got a manager who's come out and said, you know, Catamore's a vitally important player. No, now we'll look the rest of the country will wake yeah. up. He'll start the season on fire and somebody will come in and take him. But the you know, after after yeah. the rest of the country have always been detrimental towards him, do you know what I mean? And then The, the, plat- the platform is there for him to, to be the player he can be. Um, and I think he can be a top-class um, midfielder in the Premier League. I think he already is. Well, yeah, it's just his fitness that's yeah. let him down. Rather than the suspensions, I know there have been an, a number of them. It's been his fitness. He's never played like more than what half a season in total across a single season. And that, that's not good enough. You need, but he looks fitter than ever. I think. I think what the, if anything, you, you you know we learned a lot of things from the World Cup and how other nations approach things. And I think the World Cup, in some respect showed us that there is room in international football for a player of Catamore's type it's not international football we just need to make sure we're alright for now yeah I was just, <laughs> I was just saying no, there, I think yeah. there is no, and, I know, I know. and I think you'll not I mean I don't think you'll get looked at and I, I think pe- some people like like you say people have got um, you know misconceptions about Catamore and they'll have you know predetermined opinions based on you know a, this a, agenda that he's this you know, head case who goes around hacking everyone down. I was going to say, folk head case. Anybody <laughs> yeah. else got any words it's just, you can throw It's just not true. It's just not true. You know, it's like a match of the day player or situation almost. People think he's like this and he isn't like that. And then every time he does get a suspension, which actually recently has been very rare, people go, oh, well, that's typical Catamore. So it's, you know. Players defined by five minutes on match of the day. Exactly. Yeah, it's, not, it's not typical Catamore because you see him get booked for, for ridiculous things um, that other players don't get booked for. Um, some of the red cards he gets have been a bit harsh, and then people kind of he gets booked on he gets the cards and reputation, but the reputation's only there because he's getting cards incorrectly. Mm. So it's a catch twenty two situation. But yeah, Catmull's like great. Yeah. In in any other <laughs> era, Lee Catmull would have about forty two caps for England by this stage 42. of his career. Pro- about forty two. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite fifty, but no. Well, <laughs> yeah. he'd be getting there. He'd, or something. he'd already be on his way to captaincy in a in a Tony Pulis uh, <laughs> England team, I think. The dream. Um, that that's what we want, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's just he's just the first name on the team sheet. That's that's how good he's been, and he was our player of the season last year. I really uh, think. I, I think so. I well. think he was just. Oh, I love him. He, from his he, to to get have those mistakes against Villa and Hall, and just he didn't let it affect him. Uh, a lot of people thought he wouldn't come back from that, didn't they? I think you know all of us on on some level, sub even subconsciously, might have thought you know, you know we knew how important that role was when Bridco came. He, he spoke about it, and then Bridco got injured, didn't he? And everybody was kind of saying, you know, I don't think. Um, Catamol's oh sorry, Bridcup was being linked, yeah. wasn't he? And everybody was saying I'm not sure Catamol's cut out for this, so 
enormous credit really well, for it. Was it. A, it was a Villa game really that de- defined that whole situation and he did um, he did he did Man City as well but he was Hull playing well, well by then wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Hull, Hull, I think I think, game, that, I think got rattled didn't he? Mm. I think that um, to be fair the the Villa game really was the like oh one but you know Osman did it didn't he? Then we got the penalty down at down at Goodison Park and won the game as a result of that mistake but. You know, he gets in the England squad sometimes, but he did, didn't he? So, um, but yeah, just talking generally, I mean, Catamore, he did more of those errors, and he did. I know people would criticise his performance in that Villa game, maybe up to half time, but you can't. You know, other players would just disappear, and he he doesn't. Yeah, I love that about him. He always wants a ball, and he's actually good with the ball at his yeah. feet as well. And um, disappointed when he got took off in that Villa game at half time. He was having yeah. a man, and Poyet said, you know, I needed to remove him from that situation, and he was he was. You know, apparently really just annoyed about it. But in a way, though, I think he's been proven right because he came back a better player for it. Mm-hmm. So was it in spite of Gus taking him off or was it because of it? Either way, on some level, either that worked or, you know, other things have come together to work. But that was a defining moment. So maybe that that's, you know, I've got to do something now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had, he's had, you know, over his time, he's had, Issues off the pitch, issues on the pitch, uh, injuries and stuff, and he's 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 not given up. He's he's kept fighting. He's never moaned about wanting to leave or needing a, a new challenge or anything. You never. I know there was that spell where in January where it looked like he was going to Stoke, which would have been a disastrous bit of business if we'd sold him. Have in hindsight, yeah. imagine just as we were on the bad run, he was one of the players who sort of dragged us out of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's oh, a I, character, think, I don't want to think about that. Craig's already <laughs> depressed me enough tonight without thinking about. Uh, get get away, man. <laughs> he's probably a longer serving player now, isn't he? Uh, I can't think. Why with Bardsley gone? He must be. Yeah. He must be amongst. Yeah. In and around yeah. those yeah. players who would be, uh, yeah. <laughs> who would be um, selected for that. Um, moving away from. From Catamol and, and I was midfield, good 10 minutes so, on Catamol, yeah. <laughs> we have um, to do? I could sit and talk about yeah. it for hours, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and moving away from you know potential centre midfielders, in what other business do we do we think he's going to try and do? Um, going judging off his comments, uh, looks like Alonso could be done with now because he said he wanted a left back and a right back, and then somebody who could play both. Now Billy Jones has played left back sometimes, but he he specifically said with Jones uh, covering, didn't he? So full back could play both. Uh, well, there's, there's no. been a link today with Cavander again of Lazio. Yeah, last season we were linked with him. Yeah, he was, we? he was one of the big ones from last season. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he can play left back, but maybe he's there as cover for, for Jones potentially, and maybe he'll bring in another left back afterwards. Or maybe Jones is cover for whoever the incoming Perhaps, fullback yeah. is. That's possible. I'd just like to think some journalists picked up a new story from last year and, <laughs> and not looked at the date and mistakenly sort Quite of possible. ran with it. You wouldn't be surprised, would you? <laughs> not no. at all. I mean, the bit the the, the big thing you're getting from all the rumours in which the army we've been sort of the suggestions that we're going to be able to speak to, to Atsu from Chelsea the, the Ghanaian um, who's a sort of a wide left mm. another wide left player and Rodriguez would Jack Arini's day has been numbered then you think if, assuming Barini might might come in because I that's that's two uh, players I'd suggest that's it's Adam Johnson who's would be the one under pressure. Uh, what, and then Jackarini moved to the right, maybe. No, he's a, he's a left. Well, he's a left footer, isn't he? He's a, he's he is, but he plays on the right. No, I'm, I'm not talking about Jackarini. I'm just saying I think Johnson's the one he wants to put under pressure. 
Mm. Or I by mean, bringing by another signing right. left-sided because, wingers. Well, Johnson's a left-sided. But he's not. He, so he play plays on the right though, doesn't he? Plays he on the right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he's signing a left footer. I'm saying to play on the right hand side. Oh, oh right. right, because okay. that's what's he interesting. Is Rodriguez the link? But Rodriguez the link before that wasn't that. I know, but Johnson so, wasn't that before he signed for Sunderland, was he really? He yeah, he was. He's always no, been his best he, on the right. Always. Signs. Yeah, but he's always been his best I on the right. Mate, that's a fair point. Fair like, point I, I just find it weird that we're seeing obsessed with yeah, signing I've a seen, white I saw the YouTube, um, the YouTube clips of Rodriguez, and he was, he was coming in from the right on some of them. Oh, yeah. He's probably one of them who can play both. I don't. They all can now. In the new, in the you know the modern game with the the four three three, that's dominant. Um, you tend to find those like the the winger, wingers aren't don't exist anymore. It's like a wide forward and the this they just chop and change. Oh yeah, totally. J- James McLean was the last of a dying breed. Yeah, left yeah. foot, uh, <laughs> yeah. one outside left. In, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I think that's that's my thinking on that. I feel as though that Johnson maybe is the man. He's I the didn't one think about that at all. Out. I just saw this this you know the new lad being left footed and thinking is that uh, two people that are going to force Jack Ray now? But I, I, ne- I never uh, crossed my mind he could be coming. Why would if if he plays a system that's predominantly um, in, inverted? Um, wide oh, I agree. Forward, I agree. Would, and you, and you, you assume, and you assume Van Arnold's going to be the one who who provides the width like down the left side, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, can, I think I Jack Ray tends to. Uh, it, it seems like he's going to be used similar to how he was used against Juventus. Uh, someone who, he's not really going to be perhaps the one you'd put in the 11 in most games but he's someone who can sort of come in and do a job sort of in around anywhere behind the midfield in and around anywhere that's a new one I've out Townsend Andy Townsend it's pretty uh, spectacular stuff that <laughs> anywhere behind the striker sort of those three yeah. sort of positions but it's interesting as well that is is Rodriguez Poet's man and the same no go Atsu, Chelsea player, Congo. Crossed my mind earlier, but then I didn't want to speculate. I don't want to speculate. Much, no, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I We're thought. We're going to read I, between the lines. I thought. And stuff. Mas- I thought the same myself earlier. Um, so and that's why I was saying, do you think there's a power battle going on? Because I, I, I can't, I can't for the life of me, believe that. Um, Lee Congerton has went out and sourced uh, Christian Rodriguez. I just can't. I just can't. I don't know what you. I don't know what you think. I'm not. I'm not I basing mean, that on anything other than a hunch. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. yeah and well, he, he goes out and speaks uh, about him. And 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 Congerton has said he didn't believe South African sign and uh, South American sign. And sorry, were were actually the right way to go on that. And that he wanted British-based young players, which, which cost a fortune. Mm, well, but well, you get them on loan from Chelsea. Yeah, but you can only have two. <laughs> mm. But we signed Van Arnold, that's perfect, yeah, isn't it? true. Mm. But they obviously seem to want Alonso. And do you think do you think that's going to go? I, I think that's cool. I, I think that's cool. They wanted him. They and did, Van yeah. Arnold, like, the cheap, I know I think him. So. Co- I think look, the look alternative, at, yeah. Look at, Ham, so look at Hamburg, right there. That apparently, was it, I think it was you told me, Gareth, his situation there, he had a budget, took away from him, and so he had to go with what he knew, which was ex-Chelsea players or Chelsea youth players like Mancian and whatnot. Is something similar happening here? We, you know, if we can sell some of these players and get them off the wage bill, we can go up to this level of target. If not, right, well, we need a left back. He's available. I know him. I know he's like decent, but he's basically, dare I say, it, the cheap option. But, the, but but to be fair, the the thing that flies in the face of that is, you know, maybe like we want we're willing to pay 14 million quid for Barini. So there's money there. Now is does like is that are we going to be filling our Scored with cheap alternatives and Barini, who we spent all our money on, or is the money available for the players? Well, in which case, I think Barini's overpriced and we shouldn't buy him. 
If that is the do we, case, do we know we the price? Know. It's, it's, it's likely, right. is in, in the case, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodriguez, if, if Rodriguez was eight million euros, if that was the the, the, the price, then you, you see he's playing what six million quid for Rodriguez, and he's paying fourteen. That's twenty million quid on two players who essentially play from the same position. Now, and then we didn't get Rodriguez and went for a loan player instead. Mm. What does that say? Well, maybe it says they're going to just they're going to take it him and there's somebody else come available in a different position and they're going to spend the money on them that's what it, maybe it says or maybe the whole thing's to try and flush Barini out into making a decision <laughs> none of them were really uh, well, there's targets actually, that's I, don't, I know I don't well. like the, um, well the Rodriguez thing I know a lot, a lot of that could have just been you know, genuinely down to the fact that Poyet spoke about him publicly and we, we discussed the other week on here whether he was just pandering to the Uruguayan audience because he kind of said this on a Uruguayan radio station didn't he where he probably he might have assumed the courts wouldn't have been picked up over here there's always that but it's just we're just guessing aren't we really yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think uh, you know there was, there was a few rumblings about Barini actually this afternoon people saying oh, like a few Liverpool sort of fan sites and stuff kind of suggesting that he'd, uh, he may well be on his way well, to Sunderland but you just don't know do you so say that is the case maybe the whole Rodriguez thing was just smoke and mirrors mm. you know look Fabio we're going to sign somebody mm. else if you don't yeah, but if they, get, if, they, if they bring Atsu in, then it's, <laughs> it's irrelevant. Well, exactly. But then you know, but then yeah. that could be rubbish as well. You you just don't. Oh, you could be challenging for Johnson, like you or said. May, maybe maybe Atsu can play in the middle. Does this or rule out if we get the? Sorry, or maybe there was a a, a third gunman in the grassy north. <laughs> 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 that was the real killer of John F. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't know these yeah. things. We just can't speculate. Yeah. I mean, just because the, uh, the uh, a, a, a journalist from a Liverpool side says that Lee Harvey. I don't even think it was a journalist. It. I think it was one of them. <laughs> well, uh, no, of course not. Yeah. No, no. Of course not. Well, the rest of it's legit, but that was the that was the bit that <laughs> this was. Uh, ru- this rule is Stefani. If this signing happens, then that rules out Zuma on loan, doesn't it, from Chelsea? Because yeah. you can't yes, loan two from the, two from, the same team. from the same side. Um, was that, that ever a gore as well? You just <sighs> it's, that's what, it, this is why the whole speculation thing becomes almost tedious, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm. like, but we 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 light on content nights, so we can't. Well, no, I know there's nothing wrong with it. You can go you around in circles all night, couldn't you? You you would still assume that uh, one of the things that's strange, I guess, is that Virginie, um, the Virginie deal hasn't been uh, done yet. I don't know what you would assume he'd be Poyet's sort of first choice. That would have been the. Uh, but he kind of said when he he wanted uh, three centre halves and then want a cover, didn't he? But he, has he changed his stance now, Gareth? Because he's now said, like you said, we just mentioned, we touched upon tonight. He said, now I want a left back and a right back and one who can play both. Where previously. He said, "I want a left back and one who can play a full back and centre half." Well, so he's got, he slightly he's, changed he's his, his full back and play both in in, um, in, Jones. in Jones. We haven't got any centre backs. Virginie played right back and centre back last season. That would be the obvious, the obvious. There's, it's choice. a bit of a head scratcher that one, isn't it? Why that one? But then, if you're happened. saying that stuff about Congerton's views on the sort of South American market or whatever, is he saying? No, we can find better or different, mm. more suited. Was that in the video he did for the website? No, I'm just asking the question. Oh, okay. uh, I think I you mentioned in the video on the website he, was, he did mention Costa Rica, like cause we were like sort of reading between the lines again when we, when we were trying to. Yeah, where's this Costa Rica international? We really jumped on that one. Yeah. He says uh, you look at players from Costa Rica, for example, and we were like, oh, that means we're signing the Costa Rican. I think, yeah, and then immediately a lot of Joel Campbell uh, links yeah. spring up out of nowhere. Gonzalez uh, and Joel Campbell. Yeah, yeah well. Yeah. Gonzalez, you would assume would be the one, only one that would actually fill the position we're looking for. But uh, in the sense that I, I'm not sure you really want to go into the new season with just mm. Oshie and Brown. 
Um, you well, need no, Cody. absolutely not. Don't worry. Centre halves there. Take it in, Roberge waiting. <laughs> Pounce. To relegate a team here. Take it hasn't gone to Portugal, has he? No. No. Roberge must have they must have tossed a coin. <laughs> <laughs> I think Roberge I think they've just took him there so he can sort of visit home for a bit. <laughs> That's <laughs> where he used well, to. He's French. But he played in Portugal. Yeah, he, Port, he might yeah. still have a house in Portugal. Mm. Mm. A holiday home. How much do you think he's earning? Christ. <laughs> a lot of money. A lo- yeah. In context quite a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Quite a lot of money. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. I think the, I think we desperately need some send a couple of centre halves and we desperately need a centre midfielder plus well, I guess Barini would be the main target. But if we if we get those sort of three positions filled, I I I'd be comfortable with that with the squad we have. The the idea of this show was to start and sort of try and relax people and you know mm-hmm. say don't panic. And I feel worse now from when we started. I think it's Craig not, hasn't helped. But it's uh, not it's not panic, and I'm not panicking because we've got loads of time. But you asked me what I think of the current squad, and it's diabolical. Well, it's not diabolical, but calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went deliberately over the top. It's, it is a poor squad. Look at it. If you were a fan of another club and you looked at it, you'd think. Mm. The boobies you, don't say it like yeah. that yet. You look, but if you look, but then you look at a lot of other squads. squads. Mm. There, there, there are so yeah. many bad teams in the Premier League this season that and you, that is so inst- unstable. Like we mentioned earlier, Villa and West Brom, yeah. but West Ham as well. And Southampton now. If you, if Southampton you spend, now. If you spend the money, and and with the right people, and the, you've got a chance of getting in the, getting into that top eight. The problem is teams like Sunderland, for example, have have done it. They gambled and it failed. And now we're playing, we're, we're sort of scrabbling back to try and like get to a position where we can go again because you know we wasted so much money under Keane, so much money under Bruce, um, and s- not loads of money under O'Neill, but we didn't sort of fill the squad with the right players when he was here. And then and below s- our chance, we had that. We had, we had the chance we had, under Bruce and Keane. We had the chance. We had the money. We had the chance, and we didn't take it. And now. We people get frustrated because we're not spending money when people can see we need to spend money, but it's not there. Then you can't expect people to keep pumping money into something that they're not getting anything back from. It's the, just it, well, I agree with you entirely. It's the last window, well, the, this last yeah. summer, I think, is that's hindering us now because it's not always transfer fees; it's it's wages. And we haven't even had time to talk about centre forwards. God, we're miles away from on, that. on the subject of centre forwards, we're talking about players who massive. A really important pre-season, Fletcher, very important, and uh, it'd be good to see him fighting fit after criticising him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've I actually forgot you existed there. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Thanks for everybody for coming in, Luke, Craig, Gareth as always. Thanks to Spark for having us over the summer. We have enjoyed ourselves. The podcast will be back on, um, through the normal methods in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Over and out. We are five. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.